Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24. We are back live here on our big broadcast. We are coast to coast, border to border. Thanks for tuning into the big program from the KJAG Radio Studios in downtown Hutchinson, Kansas. We're live Monday through Friday, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 p.m. Mountain Standard. And, of course, 24-7 at our website and on the TuneIn apps as well. On-demand podcast via iHeartRadio. Live Twitch video via our supersonic website at J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-U-A-R.com. 50-plus AM FM stations in the big network including our good friends at KFRK in Denver, Colorado, and internationally live on Leicester, 107.5 in the UK. And you can follow us each and every day at J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-Y-R.com. Broadcasting live on the Roku via the AMFM 24-7 network each and every week. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of the big program. We have a great guest with us today. Tiger Joyce joins us here on a broadcast, president of American Port Reform Foundation. And today we're talking about the COVID-19, how it has basically made lawsuit abuse a huge, huge problem in the United States. Um, Tiger, first of all, you've got an incredible background. Tell us a little about it. Well, thank you. I've been uh, here at the American Tort Reform Association and our affiliated foundation. I'm embarrassed to say I'm getting old. I'm quite old, <laughs> over 25 years. Uh, I previously was uh, counsel to the uh, U- U.S. Senate uh, Commerce Committee, the Republican members there, and so I've been working on litigation reform for pretty much my whole professional career. Uh, I am a lawyer, uh, but I uh, wanted to come on to talk to you today, James, about the uh, you know about COVID-19 and uh, lawsuit abuse around the country. Well, the 2020-21 Judicial Hellholes Report, which, by the way, is fantastically named, uh, report ranks nine judicial hellholes while shining a light on lawsuit abuse and its effects. What exactly is a judicial hellhole? A hellhole is a jurisdiction where we believe that equal justice under the law, I'm here in Washington, D.C., not too far from the U.S. Supreme Court. That's what it's etched on the facade of the front of the building, uh, and that's the goal of, of, our, of our legal system. Uh, but we believe that these jurisdictions, these nine hellholes are jurisdictions where, for defendants, uh, that equal justice under the law uh, is, is elusive uh, because the, the system is not working properly. Uh, there are rules and procedures uh, that, do, that serve not the interests uh, of plaintiffs and defendants, but really of the system itself and the lawyers that administer the system. And our report is meant to highlight the problems, highlight the abuses, and serve as a catalyst uh, uh, for both debate and ultimately for 
uh, reforms of the system. Fantastic. So what are some of the top issues highlighted in this year's report, my friend? Well, we highlight several. Uh, I'll mention one a little bit more. It might sound a little bit mundane, uh, but the, basically the notion of uh, um, the, the notion of who can actually come into a jurisdiction and bring a case. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, issued a, 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 a decision in a, in a California case over the, 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 the jurisdiction of California courts, uh, and it made clear that the courts in those jur- in that jurisdiction were really meant to serve the interest of California citizens uh, and and defendants and businesses that are headquartered uh, in those jurisdictions, rather than serving as a magnet for lawsuits from all over the country. But the problem jurisdictions that we highlight seemingly ignore the decisions of the U.S. Supreme Court. They 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 ignore the fact uh, uh, that we have a, a, a binding. Supreme Court decision on where on who can bring what case, kinds of cases can and cannot be brought in particular jurisdictions. Uh, another issue that we're highlighting is what we call phantom damages. That's when anybody who's had to deal with a medical procedure, you might see uh, for say a, a surgical procedure, you might the hospital might charge uh, something like twenty thousand dollars, but for those with health insurance, uh, it the case or the 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 the, the matter might be resolved for a small fraction of that amount, say $4,000. When it comes to the civil justice system, the, the cost of, of treating people should be the actual cost. But unfortunately, in too many instances, uh, this, rather than the amount that's actually paid, that, for example, that $20,000 figure uh, might, might be what is probably what a jury will be told. Uh, is the is the cost of treating somebody so truth and damages accuracy and damages uh, is is an important issue uh, we're seeing new theories of litigation for example arising out of matters like the uh, data privacy as as we as we develop more and more reliance on uh, on activities that are online and digital uh, that's becoming a litigation opportunity uh, even in some jurisdictions like in Illinois uh, and California, where it's pretty easy to demonstrate that litigation doesn't even doesn't even necessarily require that someone demonstrate that they've actually suffered a loss, a financial loss of any kind. So these are the kinds of issues that we're seeing. And on top of this, obviously, we have the pandemic. Uh, to date, there have been over 6,000 lawsuits filed uh, arising out of the pandemic, a number of different kinds of areas. But we think we're in the very early stages uh, of litigation, whether it's businesses that reopen, uh, they're, they're, try to safely and, and responsibly reopen their businesses uh, and, and operate in this climate, uh, following it, it, the, the, the best guidance of public health officials uh, and, and others uh, and, the, and their state and local uh, authorities uh, and federal authorities in terms of how properly to, to operate should are, are concerned about because of the uncertainty uh, that this creates, whether it's healthcare providers, small businesses, large businesses. Uh, we also see examples of businesses donating equipment or concerned about uh, uh, to, to, to help out in the pandemic or businesses, uh, for example, that may start a, a new line, uh, a company that, uh, for example, Ford Motor Company is making uh, ventilators uh, because there was a need for them and Ford stepped up. Uh, there needs to be a recognition after the fact that, you know, that that's a uh, that's a challenging uh, undertaking 
and as long as they acted responsibly, uh, they shouldn't be subject to excessive liability. So these are some of the issues uh, that we're highlighting in our report. We have got a tremendous guest with us today. He joins us live here in the broadcast. Sherman Tiger Joyce is with us, president of American Tort Reform Foundation. He joins us today here in our big program and uh, talking a little bit about judicial hell holes. Basically, the judicial hell holes report digs into several concerning trends in the civil justice system and specifically highlights the surge of COVID-19 lawsuits. It also explains the increase in artificially inflated damage amounts called phantom damages. It's uh, been spurred by uh, medical finance companies, trial lawyers issuing letters of protection to medical providers as a sort of quote-unquote insurance that they'll be paid after a personal injury trial. The report further highlights the American Law Institute's shift toward activism. So how do these things impact the average, everyday working people there, Tiger? Well, it's a great, good question. Uh, the truth is, if you look at economic analyses around the country, uh, a family of four, when you compare the costs of, the, the, of lawsuit abuse in these worst jurisdictions against just a, the, the median in this country in terms of, the, of, the, of a state civil justice system, uh, the costs ultimately can add up to over $3,000 for a family of four. That's, those are meaningful expenses. Uh, might not be for some, you know, big time plaintiffs, lawyers and, and, and or even, you know, others, who, you know, on, on big salaries. Uh, but the reality is those are significant costs. Uh, we've seen also examples uh, for a, a good a good example that we would highlight from an economic analysis uh, is that in um, in, in California, uh, the excessive costs uh, to the state each year is over two hundred and forty thousand jobs. Uh, according to the Perriman uh, economics firm, and direct costs to the economy of that state of over $15 billion. So it's not hard to see that, this, that the problems with the civil justice system are not just matters for lawyers and judges and, and judicial officials and those who are involved, people like us in the legal system. The reality is that, that this affects everybody. Uh, consumers, healthcare providers, access to health care and the cost of health care, all impacted by excessive lawsuits and lawsuit abuse. This is just a, uh, I, I knew with COVID-19 that at some point <laughs> the lawsuits and all the craziness were going to get involved. Uh, Tiger, did, did you think that it was, it, it was going to be as quick as it has been or are you shocked that it took this long? Well, I think we're in the early stages. Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, I, I think that in the absence of, uh, of, of public officials stepping up to help, there, obviously there are, are businesses of all sizes that have been impacted, health care providers and others. Um, yes. When you look at the unemployment figures, uh, the, the reality is that our civil justice system is not equipped to, to respond to a set of circumstances like this. It just really isn't. Uh, you, you can think of some analogies with, for example, 9-11. Uh, with 9-11, what happened? As a, as a country, we responded uh, with a compensation system for people who were impacted uh, to try to assign responsibility and liability in a set of circumstances here where, where you have a, a virus that's come from uh, another part of the world. Uh, it is it's just it, it, it's, from our perspective would be a fool's errand. Uh, the reality is that as a society, we need to respond. 
We've done that. We did that in the spring. I know there are discussions going on uh, currently in the Congress. That's really where it should take place. We even read, I'm here in Washington, D.C. The D.C. government uh, is looking to try to, to try to help out its local citizens. That's what should be happening. As a society, we should respond. But to try to assign blame, uh, they, not to say that there may not be legitimate cases, uh, but, but broadly speaking, uh, the, the reality is that this pandemic requires a, a, a national uh, societal response uh, not to try to uh, use it as a, as a litigation bonanza opportunity uh, for a group of lawyers. We've got a tremendous, tremendous guest with us today. Well-read, well-spoken. Uh, Tiger Joyce is with us, president of American Tort Reform Foundation. The total cost of the U.S. tort system is approximately, and this is just an amazing number, $373.1 billion as of 2019. The Judicial Hellholes Report, it highlights costs and influences in the tort system at a local level. These costs result in job loss, personal income loss, state revenue loss due to the excessive tort costs in the states. The data demonstrates the need for a more balanced civil justice system. So how, how do we change this, my friend? What can be done to get different states off this list? Well, first off, I think it's to begin to understand the problem. Uh, I, I think oftentimes there's a view uh, understandably, uh, that that uh, that problems with the civil justice system are problems for lawyers, problems for judges, and they do have a role and a responsibility. Uh, and and judge, lawyers need to do a better job of policing themselves. Judges need to uh, properly enforce. We talked about issues like uh, the jurisdiction in their courts, but the reality is that broader reforms are necessary. When it's something like the so-called phantom damages. Uh, that's something that requires legislatures. Uh, but people read the report at judicialhellholes.org, understand these problems, and bring them to the attention of their public officials and really demand that they take, that they take steps to reform them. This is a, uh, an amazing list of these nine judicial hellholes. I, I assumed... California would be on the list. <laughs> I assumed somewhere like Georgia and New York City would be on the list. But the city of St. Louis, uh, this kind of shocked me. Uh, do you have any more details on this? Well, St. Louis has become uh, a haven for major, uh, uh, major litigation. Uh, we're seeing it in cases involving, for example, uh, the the weed killer roundup, uh, a significant number of those cases, and and anybody who watches on, on any occasion uh, television, you see all the advertising uh, that goes into developing, you know, in, into recruiting uh, uh, claimants uh, for that. We've seen the talcum powder litigation. Uh, it's the, the the issue there is really gets right to the heart of the uh, of the matters that we highlight in our report. The jurisdiction of those courts, a big case involving the, the Johnson & Johnson's talcum powder, uh, 22 different plaintiffs in a single case, 15 of them were not from Missouri, and they all got the same amount, despite all of them being different sets of circumstances. So you, you look at the way that court, those courts operated, even in the, in the face of, uh, of a Supreme Court decision on jurisdiction, uh, and the Missouri Supreme Court refused to... Uh, 
uh, uh, to even hear a, an appeal in that case. So we see that. Now, having said that, St. Louis and the state of Missouri uh, should take some solace in the fact that the legislature and the governor have stepped up and addressed some of the abuses and some of the problems in recent years. And I think more will be done. But ultimately, it's, it's going to come down to how justice is administered in these jurisdictions. And that's the purpose of our report. That's why we highlight these cases. That's why we highlight these policy issues. Uh, and, and we encourage uh, reform by, by, by uh, identifying these issues and putting a bright spotlight on them. Well, what you're doing is amazing, Tiger. Uh, putting that out there, I've always been a fan of folks who, uh, you know, try to shine a light on some of the shenanigans that go on. <laughs> and and you guys, uh, it, with this whole thing with judicial hell holes, um, you've pushed forward. You're allowing trial lawyers to continue. Uh, you know, to, to, to look at this and, uh, and, and, and get folks' attention to see what several of these states are dealing with and, and, and all these various things. So, so what, what you're doing is absolutely amazing. A um, couple quick questions before we let you go. Um, I know that, that there are some other places that are on this list. Give me a little bit more details on this Philadelphia Court of Common Pleas in the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. Yeah, well, the Philadelphia comes in at number one. Uh, <laughs> you can say that's either the top or the bottom of the list, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we see kind of a, uh, a perfect storm of problems. Where we've seen, you know, the very, very large awards, uh, particularly involving some of these uh, pharmaceutical products, uh, medical devices, uh, and uh, that they, it is a clearly a, a bellwether attraction for uh, this type of, uh, of, of major litigation. Uh, we're seeing significant uh, increases of medical liability uh, and increasing the so-called forum shopping. That's such a problem, I think, in these um, you know in, in these hellhole jurisdictions. One of the recent decisions of the uh, uh, the, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, though involves so-called expert evidence. Really important issue for judges is to serve really as a, as a gatekeeper, to really not allow. It's very important in these complex lawsuits, the expert testimony that they allow to come in. Uh, this, you know, we refer to these, some of these cases as so-called junk science. Uh, and, and it's up to really to the judges to police uh, these, uh, what, what the juries are allowed or not allowed uh, to hear, but the Pennsylvania Supreme Court seems to just turn its back on that responsibility, uh, and, and in, the, in a case involving BASF company, uh, seemingly just said that they're not going to be uh, 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 policing uh, expert evidence. That's a very significant problem, along with uh, forum shopping. Uh, so that, that that and also I would say, uh, the uh, to its credit, the Pennsylvania legislature. Uh, developed a, a, a package of, of balanced uh, legislative reforms to respond to the pandemic, the issues that we talked about during our conversation. And just this last week, the governor of Pennsylvania vetoed the legislation. Uh, so when you have the inability to, to enact reasonable reforms, even in the face of the pandemic, uh, the, the, the lack of account the, I want to say accountability, but inability to, to address some of these uh, policy, the, the, these, these legal policy questions 
uh, with respect to jurisdiction, expert evidence, uh, and, and so forth. All the advertising that goes into attracting uh, uh, lawsuits into yes. the jurisdictions. That's how you get there. That's how you become yep. the number one hellhole. You know, and, and you brought it up earlier, uh, this... <laughs> I see these ads on TV on all the various news channels and things about trying to recruit uh, people. And I've always thought those were just, you know, at first, you know, when I started seeing them, I'm like, okay, well, they're, you know, they're just trying to get the word out. And then <laughs> I started hearing about all these various things. And now it's basically you know what you described earlier where they're just recruiting people well that's exactly right they they the the lawyers run the ads because they work i mean we we did a study that last year uh in just half the year uh lawyers spent nearly 11 million dollars on over 73,000 local lawsuits that's just on television uh that doesn't even get into the social media and other and other tactics that that are used but the, the fact that the lawyers are recruiting via advertising in those jurisdictions tells you all you need to know. This is where they want to bring their cases. Uh, and it doesn't matter whether they belong there or not, uh, but if the Pennsylvania Supreme Court is going gonna, is gonna to green light that, is going to allow them to bring those cases there, the lawyers are going to continue to advertise. Yeah. Yeah, you and I might find those, those ads annoying uh, or even sometimes humorous, uh, but the reality is that they work. Uh, the lawyers yes. would... These lawyers are smart. They certainly wouldn't run these ads if the if the ads didn't work. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Well, where do we go for more information uh, on the web or I- anywhere, my friend? Well, the, the report is available at judicialhellholes.org.org. And anybody wanting to learn more about the, the report and about uh, the American Tort Reform Association, the uh, and, and our affiliated foundation uh, can go to atra.org, atra.org. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. This has definitely been a very, very interesting conversation. Thanks for coming on and having it with us, my friend. And uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful holiday, my man. Thank you. You too. Appreciate it, my friend. There he goes. Uh, Just an amazing, amazing guest. We have got more coming up on the other side. It is the big broadcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.